grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good afternoon, everybody. Good evening. Well, afternoon to some people in the West Coast. Good evening to the people in the East Coast. My name is Charlotte. Welcome to California Haunts Radio. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Got a great show for you tonight. Uh, but uh, what I want to tell you is that I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Uh, we're based out of Sacramento, California, but we also have people up and down the state. So if you uh, think you might have something going on in your home and you need help with that, you can find us, all right? You can find me on you can find me on Facebook under my name, California Haunts. Uh, you can also find me under Ghosty Gal on Instagram, as well as over at TikTok under California Haunts. See, fairly easy. I'm everywhere. I want to thank all you guys for coming tonight. It's Monday. Everybody hates Mondays. I hate Mondays, but we're here, right? We're all here together. Let me open up my chat room. Hello, Susan. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, the lady I have coming on, she, um, I, I've known her for a long time, almost almost 15 years, maybe more. And she's a very, very talented medium. And uh, she, she's done a lot of investigations in a lot of very popular places, places you might have seen on TV. And I, I think you're going to enjoy talking to her. She'll be here in a couple of minutes. Also, if you're watching from Facebook, please hit that follow button. Because I'm always looking for followers. If you're if you're watching from Facebook, if you're watching from YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, which is that little ghosty at the bottom right hand corner with the magnifying glass and the Sherlock Holmes hat. In fact, we have a new formatting set up for the cameras, so you'll see the little ghosty. So you'll know you'll know what he looks like. Uh, tonight is kind of a milestone because tonight we start our third season, our third season in this format. So this is going to be episode. This is going to be season three, episode one. How you like that apple? So um, yeah. So we're starting our third season. I'm real excited about it, and we're starting off with a bang. Like I said, our our numbers, thanks to you guys sharing this thing, are growing. And that's what I want to ask you to do during this show, is I want I want you to share. If, if you know if you like what's going on with that, with that and I talking and all that, and you want to help me out a little bit, you can share it around. All right. Let your friends know that the show's on the air. You might even let your enemies know the show's on the air. I don't know. You know, as long as it gets shared, because we're trying to look for more followers and stuff for the show, more downloads, all right? And you can also, if you happen to miss the show one day and you're out driving around, you can also pick us up on Apple Podcasts and uh, I t- not iTunes, but iHeartRadio and TuneIn. So you can find us over there or even Podnods. I mean, even if you have an, an offbeat podcast thing that you listen to, you can find us on it. All right? We're also on Amazon. So uh, we're pretty much everywhere. <laughs> anyway, month's almost over. Halloween's coming. And all the spookies are out, like the stores. But you know what I'm noticing, too, is the Christmas is coming out in the stores, too. It's kind of scary. You know? It's real early for it. But I'm a Christmas person. I still have my tree up in my living room. It's not a problem. That's why I don't have to decorate every year. <laughs> but, uh... I do decorate my front yard, so I'm already, in my mind, I'm not only prepping for Halloween because I do a big thing in my front yard for Halloween, I'm prepping for Christmas already in my mind because I know I've got old stuff that's not working anymore, and 
I'm trying to think of what it's going to cost me to replace it and do all that stuff to get it up now in my yard. So uh, I'm working on those plans. It's been Halloween. I pretty much settled on what I want to do. The question, you know, it's just a matter of gathering the stuff I need to do it. But uh, this is only two holidays I go out on: Halloween, and Christmas. Love it, love it, love it. I used to tell my employers that Halloween was my um, my second Christmas day, so I always I always had to have the day off every year. Every year. Anyway, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to be talking with Medium Ann Bender in a few minutes. She'll be joining us. And uh, there she is. Speak of Ann Bender. There she is. Dun, 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 in the green room. And like I said, I've known Ann for, <laughs> for a long time. We worked together way, 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 way back with, with their team. And uh, we had some really interesting adventures. And what I wanted to talk about tonight was... Um, you know, Nancy comes on and she talks about all these great topics, all these great things. But um, what I think is really cool is to go out on site with a psychic when you're out on an investigation because there's nothing like it. Um, especially if you have a team like, 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 like Bender Family Paranormal or Bender Paranormal, our team. We utilize both. We have psychics and we have the scientific guys on our team. And it's just, it, it's just an aid. It's another aid to help us. So I'll let Ann talk about that because that's what I wanted to talk about with what psychics do during investigations. Because a lot of people think it's like it's on TV and it isn't on TV because they, they really will help you and direct you to, to, you know, point your camera in the right direction to take photos. You know, this is a good place to set up your cameras. This is a good place to do an EVP session, et cetera, et cetera. But they also have to walk into places like, well, the Brookdale Lodge, for instance, it's kind of like the haunted house at Disneyland. It's you know the 999 ghosts at Disneyland. Brookdale Lodge has a has a huge place full, and and, and whoever goes in there and is using their the, their abilities has to really uh, hone in on the ones that they, that that come forward because it can get overwhelming. But I'm there and talk about that. Let me bring Anna in. Oh, hello. Um, you you've been on the show before, and what I wanted to talk about tonight was. You know, you've been on a lot of investigations, and people don't really know what a sensitive does when they're on invest you know, when they're out in the field. And it's a good thing to clear up because, I mean, like I said, Nancy Nancy Mass comes on here on Friday, and she's talking about her work doing you know primarily doing readings with people and the people she's met. But it's a completely different ball game when a medium when a medium or psychic goes out in the field. It is. It's very. It's a very different scenario. Um. My focus has to be on who, who is in need of, um, who has the dire, the most dire need of a message. Mm -hmm. And that can be the client that needs mm -hmm. to communicate to a loved one. Um, or it can be a loved one that's reaching out or another um, person that is present that the family may not be aware of. And they have to step forward um, to say, hey, this is, and I let them know, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your time to get your message across. What the hell is going on today? Yeah, so how do you prepare for an investigation? I prepare by getting enough sleep the night before, first of all, and by grounding myself. Um, I don't do anything that's stressful or takes a lot of mental energy beforehand at the same point i go through and i do my 
get my tech stuff in order. I create my my case file for the day. I um, re- record atmospheric conditions, weather, and then I recheck afterwards for any um, earthquakes, uh, solar flares. So it's a mixture of um, operational stuff mm-hmm. and technology stuff because I manage the website and, and maintain that. Um, and then from the mental, just for me as a psychic, I just make sure I'm well hydrated. Depending on where I'm going will depend what stones I bring with me because mm-hmm. I do use a lot of stones to assist me. Um, if I'm not feeling very grounded or having difficulty grounding, I'm going to have some hematite in my, my pockets. If I'm going to a mind situation where there's a lot of different energies and unknown energies, I'm going to have jet in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it So it really does depend. Um, I have a nice piece of copper nugget that I use as a trigger object occasionally. I use that up in Placerville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're here. All right. I just booted you from. I just booted you from the studio. We're good. <laughs> oh, this is entertaining. Isn't this like the old days, huh? <laughs> it is. Uh, it's like the old days. Remember the <laughs> remember the long mic wires? <laughs> yeah. That's... I oh used I used to film Ann for our California Haunts TV show, and I had these. Um, instead of wireless system, I had to go to the. I had to go to a wired system, and I had like. Like 15, 20 foot cords on the mics, and and Anne is very active, like a like what they would call a busy bee, and it was it was hard following her. She'd get tied up in the cords, and <laughs> it was craziness. I think he almost took me down the stairs at the Island Hotel one day. Too, yes, I, I did. Recall. Yeah, I I remember almost almost doing a nosedive. Yep, yep, yep. Those are great days. I just didn't realize they were great days. They were great days. <laughs> you know, and the Ion Hotel has the same owners to this day. Really? Yes. I was out there maybe four years ago. Yeah. Did an investigation. I we were just out there oh, a couple maybe a couple months ago. Yeah. Just say hello, stop in, see how they were doing. His wife is still terrified of ghosts, poor thing. How's hey, the, uh, how's the activity? You know, it's interesting. I think it's increased with all the guests that have been going out to Preston Castle. Okay. So I think it's a little more active. Um, and it's that's been a place that's actually been always more active than Preston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely, there's been an uptick there. Well, it's an interesting place, that's for sure. We've gotten some really good EVPs with my team in there and I, I know you, know, you guys have and as well as when we were going in there before you know like uh, when Patty got hit with that orb thing in her back you know that was crazy yeah yeah she'll and that was her last investigation sadly yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah I mean there's been some really cool stuff you know coming out of there um when you go into a place like say the, the Ion Hotel that might have multiple entities in there what do you do? Do you go for the one that wants to be heard the most, or are you looking for ones that, that are kind of in the back, or how's that work? I go with the, the one with the, the most need. I feel it out to say who who has the most need. Is there something that um, 
is there a request from from either side of something that needs to be done, any unfinished business? So I try to accomplish that while I'm there. Um, if there's other things, you know, messages to be gotten across, um, I weave that in. Um, if there's something unsaid, unsolved, um, those are the things that are the most urgent to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, while other ones that are just more curiosity and, oh, I just wonder, that definitely takes a, a backseat to, mm-hmm. um, to a need. That's, okay. that's a want and, and wants have to take a second second seat do you do i mean like we're talking about preparation with with you gathering you know different types of stones for protection and stuff is there anything else you do you meditate before you go or anything like that i am one who has never been able to meditate um i just don't like it i don't have the patience for it but i do ground absolutely do ground and i ground other people i help teach um other people how to ground and i actually when i'm doing it i give them the feeling of grounding so that they can actually experience it and then when they're on their own they're able to duplicate the grounding for themselves i've um refined it to a very quick process that can be um easily explained mm-hmm. and it's easily understood and effective for anybody you don't have to be a psychic for that it helps calm the mind and it prepares anybody for their day of work and it helps them be more clear and concise with what they need to do okay and when you get on site nobody tells you any information about the you know where you're going and they don't, they don't get and you don't look up anything do you no never because you're going cold, right? I Yeah, going cold. I look, do it any research after the fact. It always follows. And that's more to verify information. Um, for instance, this wasn't an investigation, but we were at a, um, a retreat in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And a, um, a new friend wanted to know some information. And she, without knowing it, she actually brought her house uh, from another state to our room. and wanted to know what was going on at her house. But she didn't realize she'd actually brought it there. So I I said, okay, let's, you know, I'm going to ground first. And I actually looked around and described the property. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, well, the original house has burned down. So your house isn't the original on the property. She goes, I think so. Yeah, it, it did. And what's this building over here to the left by the river? Because I'm looking at that and it's very unusual. Well, it's just an iron gate. We don't know what that was. So my research after I spoke with her and gave her the information that I was meant to give. Right. um, Confirmed that the original farmhouse indeed burnt in 18, no, 1959. So much later. And the other building was used to store their wine bottles before it went down the Mississippi River. Okay. Wow. Um, so it was it was really, really interesting to feel mm-hmm. like I was standing on the edge of the Mississippi River mm-hmm. when I'm actually on my bed in Palm Springs, California. Now, when you say she brought it with her, what, what do you mean by that? She did not know she had that ability to, okay. to do that. And I had never encountered that ability firsthand to that degree before. 
and traveled and astral traveled and viewed, mm-hmm. but I've never had it brought to me. That was actually the first ever that it was, she brought it there. And she didn't realize it. She didn't realize what she had done. Right. Right. Wow. But it was so, she did it with such clarity that I could actually hear the speaking in the background that used to reside on the property many years ago. But hear them. Nice. Very so, nice. Yeah. Highly unusual circumstance. Right. Now, as a, as a psychic, what are your abilities? I'm one of the rare birds that does anything and everything. I'm better at some things um, than others, but there is nothing that I am not able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people say that's not possible, but I, I tend to break the mold when it comes to that. You do. You do. Um, She's very talented, yeah. you guys. If, if you've met me or been around me, you see it's different every time. And depending on how that spirit needs to communicate will depend on what gifts I use. So on one instance, I may be using psychometry and somebody wants to know information about an object. And then I see an object on the the spirit that they're trying to show me. Maybe it's something that they want that object handed down to a family member that hasn't happened yet. Um, Another instance, it might be smells. Um, In Jackson, California, there were an intense amount of smells in that um, investigation as well as um, sounds and echoes from the past from when the power went out and the SOS started at 1045, which I did verify later, we actually picked up the SOSs on our REM pods and I could hear that the SOS was happening. The the tribute to the miners, what didn't happen until 1130 when they, um, after the explosion happened, but the SOS started when the power went out at 1045 mm-hmm. and that's what we picked up. You know, um, I was thinking when you were saying that about the smell, like, like the Wilden Opera House too, when you were smelling, when you, when you were smelling the smoke oh. in there. And that was sounds too. Remember the beads that dropped on the Oh my floor? God. Yeah, that was cool. The pearls. And the, and we were there because a piano had moved across the room. Yeah. Um, my little lady in blue in the Catholic uniform that had, had done one of her Catholic ceremonies that I have the picture of. Yeah. There. Yeah. Now, that place was incredible. I mean, you've done a, you guys have done a lot of incredible work. You've been to a lot of, you know, like I was telling it before you came on, I was telling everybody, there's places that have been on TV that, that we have all gone, you know, and visited, like the Brookdale Lodge and places like that. You know that 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 people would recognize, and it's fantastic when you think about the evidence that that we were all able to get. Sorry, you cut out on my end. Okay, no, I was just I was telling before you came on. I was telling about the different places that we went that have, have even been on TV. You know, like the Brookdale oh. Lodge. You know, yeah. and, and it's yeah. incredible to think that you know the evidence that that we did get in those places. Oh, fantastic! I still have um, that evidence stuck away somewhere this day. I have, I should repost that and start putting it out there again. And poor Alan with the hand reaching through his head. You know, that was something. And, and I'm sure that Alan, is, um, Alan and um, our other friends are still there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he was a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a sweetheart. Uh, each, each place presents its own unique phenomenon. Right. And honestly, 
really whatever that uniqueness is, is what I tune into and I tune into with my abilities. Um, if it's something I'm weaker in, it gives me more practice and I get better at it. So I don't look at it as a bad thing that they happen to be, maybe they're using something that I'm not as, as skilled at. Um, the more I practice, the better you get. Right, right, right. I have a question in the chat room about what you do to ground yourself. Well, um, if you got two seconds, I'm going to Go have your it. audience. Go hear for it. What I do for my quick one-on-one grounding, and that's you're going to sit in a chair with your feet flat on the ground. Um, you'll notice my voice changes because it is trying to get your mind to calm down. You're going to put both arms on the chair on your lap, rest it. You're going to feel the weight of your feet get heavy as if they're stuck in heavy mud. And then you're going to breathe. You're going to breathe into your nose, count to three, out through your mouth. As you breathe out, all of the crap from the day is going to go down through your feet. And you're going to grow roots. Roots as big or bigger than you are above ground. And as you breathe in, you're going to breathe in the sky, the sun, above anything positive, happy thoughts. And when you breathe out, you're going to get rid of the crap. Down through the earth, let it recycle. Your feet will physically get heavier. And as you sit there breathing, you're going to listen to the little things you normally don't hear outside or inside. Maybe this humming sound of a refrigerator. It might be the buzz of a bee going by your head or the wind. And you're going to sit there and breathe and you're going to listen. That concludes our fast track session for Grounding 101. There we go. See, it's that easy, you guys. So start practicing that. It takes a heck of a lot of practice. When I'm with somebody, I actually use my energy to make their feet heavy mm -hmm. so they can feel that for themselves. When they practice on their own, though, over time, they'll feel it, and they'll be able to do it standing in your car. You can change it to a bubble to protect your, yourself, or like you're looking through one-way glass. These are all beginning steps of getting in touch with grounding and when you do that the world becomes much more clear absolutely absolutely and um, that's how you're right. able to hear the spirits as they're speaking sometimes it's it's mixed up with the craziness of the investigation and the team mm -hmm. and in the solitude and that quiet of my mind i'm able to hear them and feel them, smell them, etc. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, when you get into a situation like, like the Brookdale Lodge, I remember I was nervous for you going in there because of the amount of activity in that place and, you know, you, you, the amount of ghosts. I was just telling everybody earlier, it's kind of like the haunted house at Disneyland, the 999 ghosts, right? Only the Brookdale Lodge, I forget what they have. Almost, they've almost got 100 over there. 
run, you know, running through there? Yeah, easily. It's so different than I would be, be um, preparing for a lecture with 100 people sitting talking to me mm-hmm. um, and giving a lecture to that crowd. I'm grounding just the same. Mm-hmm. But in a, an audience, you're always going to have a couple people who have burning questions. Mm-hmm. And anybody can pick those burning questions out. You'll know which ones those are. It's no different at Book Tip Lodge. Mm-hmm. And the energy you feel, they're just, they're people. You just, they're not living. The energy is the same. For me, I can tell with man, woman, old, young, um, drug-induced, not drug-induced, Alzheimer's, child, all those energies come across a certain way to me. Um, no different than if you're in an audience and you've got somebody who's super drunk and they don't have to say a word. You know they're out of their gourd. You can feel it. Right. You have another person who's really, really curious and intent. They're really, really antsy, and they're at the seat of their... It's not just their body language, but you can hear them. Those are the ones that I try to address first. Why are they feeling that urgency? And I try to calm that so that everybody else around them, because everybody around them is going to be picking up on that urgency. Right. And they're not going to be paying attention to what I'm saying. So... <laughs> So same if it's a spirit that has an urgency, I take care of that one first so that everybody can hear any other messages in addition, if needed. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you run into someone, uh, you know, a spirit that might be lost or grouchy? I know Sabrina used to do the thing with the flower. And I do that sometimes on investigations, too, you know, where you end up giving them a flower to calm them down. What do you do when you run into things like that? I didn't hear it. when I run into what you, like you like like someone that's that that's that, that's grouchy or you know they're they're not in the best moves the the the, the ghost because oh, I remember yeah I remember Sabrina used to give them flowers and I tend to do that too but I was just wondering what you did. Um, I respect them. I treat them just like I would anybody with with kindness and respect. Mm-hmm. Most um, people, if rather than respond to that negative energy if somebody's really acting mean to you say in the i'm in the hospital i've got a patient who's right. really being dirt to me mm-hmm. i wait and i find out what is going on in their life at that moment that's created that emotion maybe they just lost somebody maybe they're hurting maybe they're physically hurting or emotionally hurting i do the same thing with the spirit i give them my heart my love and compassion and Try to find out why they're in that state. Is there anything I can do for them? Is there any way I can show how I respect them? Mm-hmm. It might be as simple as, as picking something up off the floor that had fallen or straightening a bed sheet. It, it can be as simple as that, but it's causing great unrest. You have to think of your OCD. When, they, when you're OCD in life, you're OCD in death. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It depends on the situation as far as if it's a child and I, and I know there's a child around, I will likely bring a toy, some kind of toy, anything, no different than I would bring for my daughter to help make her day. Mm-hmm. So with kids, I bring toys. Mm-hmm. Boys, I tend to bring balls. And then I interact with that ball and, and show them how they can still play and still interact with us. Okay, okay. Now, when you're in there with investigators and, you know, the investigators are in the same room with you and say they're, they're, they're doing uh, EVP sessions and stuff, are you kind of, do you do any kind of directing for them to say, hey, look, you know, over here or, you know, take a photo over here or anything like that? 
Yeah, anytime there's a particular presence that something needs to be photographed, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it's a kinetic SLF, I'll be like, okay, you need to shoot it this way. You're going to see the interaction going on. If it's an EVP session, um, we have three different recorders going as well, and that's to triangulate where the voice is. So mm-hmm. if you have a picture and that shows something along with the voice and then somebody's feeling cold, that's three different pieces of uh, evidence for the team to show, hey, something's going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one piece of evidence is so easily discounted, even by the people that live there by itself. Um, but when you have three different pieces of, of evidence to show them, it helps validate, you know, what they are thinking already and helps them think, okay, I'm not crazy. There really is something going on here. Okay. Um, you know, when you go out to like the, the old, you know, the, 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 the old gold country hotels and stuff, and you're dealing with those miners, a lot of them, you know, even in death. Okay. We, we can laugh about this stuff, but a lot of those guys like it when prefer to talk to women. Don't they? They do. And I tend to wear lower cut stuff for the miners out there because I get better reactions. Um, most of them are booby men. And so I tend to dress accordingly just because it's the nature. Um, however, I can tell you, my madams tend to not always appreciate that. So <laughs> they've got to be careful and make sure they know that I respect. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Tommy Knockers because I know you've run into one or two i've run into one or two and if you tell people what tommy knockers are because nobody knows well when you've met one you'll never forget it i'm from michigan i didn't know what they were until i met the first one at the willow steakhouse in jamestown california with you charlotte we were there because a um tommy knocker had actually scratched a, a customer in their seat the uh, mine entrance is above one of the seats or at least was and they didn't know what had scratched them but when I was there, I saw the red eyes of it and went, huh, what's that? I see demons. You're not a demon. You were never human. You have long, spindly arms and legs and funky, pointy ears and long fingers with very sharp nails, like a nail job gone wrong. What are you? And I asked somebody else and they spun around and went you just described the tommy knocker to the t i said is that what it is so that's how i learned about what they were um i have encountered them since they don't always look the same Mm -hmm. sometimes they can look more leprechaun like and and not so like demony like um but they always anytime they're always very very curious and just I want to caution, don't be too curious back. It's okay to be curious from a distance, but they're very protective. And if you invade their space or go too close, you can end up with bodily harm. They can cause harm. Uh, because they were never human, they don't know how to interact with humans. They are protectors of the mines. They are there to protect the miners, and they will do that. And if, whether the miners living or dead, if they feel that the miners being threatened, customer got got actually clawed by one of the tommy knockers that's interesting i've also heard too that they like to uh, pull pranks on people too and occasionally yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll steal food you know the idea is to, to leave some kind of thing for them like food or something you know to to make peace anything shiny sparkly stuff like that can go missing mm-hmm. um but also other elementals 
else can be drawn to that as well. It's not bombing off their thing. So okay. if you have something like that going on, you have to see which elemental you have. Some are more benign than others. Others are more curious and interactive. And um, as I learned recently, you have to be careful because they can jump in you just like a spirit. And when those when that happens, it's a whole other ballgame. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not something to play with, not, not a game, and not to be taken lightly. Something to be treat, treated very carefully and very seriously, actually. Now let's talk about these other elementals, like the one you just mentioned that jumped jumped into a body. How does how does that happen? I mean, I, I know ghosts. You know, I know certain kind of entities can do that, but who would have figured an elemental? Um, this was a we identified it as a water elemental in this case, as pretty recent, but it had it had never been human, which is. I mimicked, I started mimicking its mannerisms, not realizing it. And it scared people. It, mm-hmm. it really scared them. Because it's, you know, if you think from Smedley, from one of those things, my precious, um, I was totally doing and moving like it. This one only had four fingers. It liked to play tricks. It liked to take things. And it did linger in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And I believe one of the investigators actually got it. it. It kept kind of playing like a hide-and-seek thing with me down the hall, getting closer every time I put my head out. Um, but it was only showing itself as a dark shadow. So I was curious about it. I'm like, huh, I haven't encountered you. What do you look like? I can't see you. You're hiding. Well, in doing that and getting too curious, it jumped at me. So... Um, luckily, there was somebody there to startle me, going, hey, "Am, am, am, get it out of you. <laughs> That's not okay." Did you know what? It, did you know when it was inside of you, though, or no? I didn't know. No, okay. I didn't know in this case. So they just saw me acting like I normally wouldn't act, and went, "Am, am, am." I was like, "Oh, whoops, got a little too close there, huh?" <laughs> That's funny because that happened to you at the opera house too, you know. Mm. Yep, you were coming down the stairs. Sabrina and I, I, so I had a camera pointed at you. Sabrina and I were standing at the base of the stairs. And you you know where that um, that manager guy stands on the stairway? You know, going up going up to the balcony? Yeah. yeah. You were coming down, and I, I put the video camera up, and you turned around in a real deep voice. And you went, no photographs. <laughs> and I stood oh, there for a I second, remember. and Sabrina goes, that's not Anne. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That wasn't an elemental. That was the guy in the brown hat. Right, that's still, but you, you had stuff jump into you in a path. Just, you know, what else comes to mind, too, is, um, what, what was that other hotel, the, the one in, oh, my God, McCallum Hill. Oh, yeah, Hotel Legere. What's the rocking chair? Intentionally where I kept one foot in reality and yeah. one foot out. That's when I started learning how to be able to, manage it so they didn't completely jump in me yeah and i was actually raw i was it was a lady and i was rocking in and out of the past and when i rocked back when it was out of focus for you guys yeah everything was like sepia colors and black and white and olden days and when i could come forward everything would go to color and the furniture would be in a different spot and it yeah. would be as it was and i would rock back and it would go back to where how it used to be and how things used to look. It was really neat. That, was, that one I won't forget because I kept one foot in reality. Right. 
that's that where I, that's when I learned how to do that and how to prevent um, humans from jumping in me. Like they tried to jump in me at that same investigation, actually in Jackson. I had somebody that tried to he grabbed my butt and he was trying to um, jump in me, but I did not allow it. Now the elemental, I didn't know to protect myself in the same fashion to not allow it to jump in me because I didn't even think that they could right. or wanted to. Right. Right. So each time we're always learning, always learning. Um, that was a harsh lesson and lesson learned. I will not forget. And uh, next time I will be much more prepared. Then I have a question for you about it jumping into you. Were you tired, you know, after the investigation because of that? Because I mean, like, you know, when like taking a psychic hit sometimes will we'll just will just wipe yeah. people out. Yeah, it, I am extremely tired when that happens. I'm exhausted, um, almost like a hungover feeling mm -hmm. the next day. So it's not something I do very often. It takes too much out of me, mm -hmm. and I'm not getting any younger. Um, and luckily, I've got some more energy back with with my new. Um, weight loss program and being a health coach now but uh it's still i'm still very protective of, of my energy and where i choose to to use it aren't you the one that taught me just to, just to because 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 they do want to touch you and stuff you know and it, it is an energy drain aren't you the one that taught me to just like put, put, put the pinky finger out and just say hey you can touch the tip of my finger no someone I... told me to do that Okay. Yeah, someone told me to do that. I don't know who it was. It's been so long. God, we've been doing this so long. You know, it's hard to believe yeah. how, how long we've been doing this. Oh, it's we've been doing a long time. Good gravy. Um, <laughs> We're like the moldy oldies of the paranormal world now. Do you know what my husband said? Uh, Dave said the other day. He goes, "We're like the uh, the modern day era of Ed Lorraine Lauren." That's it. And I just went. That's funny. Because <laughs> I do feel that old. We've done it that long. Yeah. I mean, when you look at all these other people, even on TV, when you look at all these teams that are coming up and everything, and we're old, man. That's horrible to think, but we are. God. It's like, oh, I remember when I taught you. Huh. Okay. Good for you. You know your own Like yeah. you say, your energy zapped. Everything zapped. You do, there's just nothing left in, in the tank, and you need to yeah. recharge. You've got to recharge. Yep. Absolutely. Now, when you're using dowsing rods, because uh, people don't understand dowsing rods, and I use dowsing rods too, but you know, people don't understand okay. what what makes a dowsing rod work or how it works. Can you explain okay. that? Yeah. I do what's called double blind dowsing. Um, I do that for a couple different reasons. Um, when you do a double blind dowsing, 
that you have the client ask some fun, silly questions that you don't possibly know the answer to. My dog was named after a Star Trek character, yes or no? And as the rods cross, that tells me a couple things. One, that tells me who is who I'm talking with in spirit. I can hear everybody's questions. I don't necessarily need to say it. Mm-hmm. So once I have my baseline for that, and I know who we're talking to, then that the client or anybody in the room can actually ask their question without saying it out loud. And I will know who it is and and their answer. They work by energy. It's it's simple as that. The frequency they um, operate off of, I'm, I'm finally tuning into the exact frequency mm-hmm. um, because I use the same frequency when I find missing people or in cold cases to find um, evidence that the police can use to help solve a cold case. It's the same frequency I'm tuning into when I'm dousing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do need to be grounded when I'm dousing. Otherwise, it's I don't have a clear connection and a clear yes-no. Mm-hmm. Um, personal questions that are asked in thought, yeah, they might be of rape. They might be of murder. Mm-hmm. I do not say that stuff out loud. But that person has an answer when they're we're in the group of people. And if need be, and I have done this, I'd, I'd be like, you know, I need you to sit with this one person. I need to ask you guys all to step out. We, this, we have to take this into a private time. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's ever been present when I've asked for that private time, there's never been any problem with clearing a room mm-hmm. and getting the answers that person needs. Can you feel, I mean, because I, I use wooden handles with mine, but can you actually feel the energy if you're using the, the metal type of uh, dowsing rods? I actually make my own and sell them for folks um, and make them, and I customize them. I've, I added some things to help customize. So when I'm in a dark room, I use feathers to um, feel the direction so that I, I can know for the whoever's watching, mm-hmm. you know, the answers. So the, the feathers will tickle my wrists and I'll know what's going on there. The dousing rod itself is copper. It flows freely. I can't control it. Um, but I can definitely feel the vibration and just like with me, when I am doing what I'm doing now, I get very hot. I, I, my body temperature goes about 10 degrees up. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens with the dousing rods. They vibrate and they do warm up. So I don't know if that's just unique to me Mm -hmm. that I'm the one that warms up every time I do a reading or every time I tune in, I can tell you I'm hot now. So I'm tuned into something. (laughs) <laughs> when you go out um, on an investigation like that, you know, you are going in cold. Do you do a walkthrough before anybody else goes through to get a feel for it? No. No. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. You want to have somebody there to document. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, once I give a message out to somebody, I really don't remember it. Mm-hmm. I've had people go, oh, do you remember when you told me da-da-da-da-da? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't. But you made such an impact. I I don't remember. Once that is, has gotten across, it, it's out of my brain. So we found somebody has to go with, usually a debunker. And, and that way they can you know, kind of problem solve, okay, do we have high EMF here? Is there um, another issue going on? And sometimes our debunkers, by the way, and the sensitives agree. Mm-hmm. We've had a gas leak that we found where both agreed, and it, we called PG&E and had them fix it immediately. Another one was a carbon monoxide leak that was found. Had 
the window's not been opened. And I, this is where I described the, the mother and everything she was doing to waken the, the mom in the house to get them to open up the windows. Well, had the fire department not come and, and had them leave, the children's room that was closest to the um, what was causing the carbon monoxide leak, the children would have perished. They would mm-hmm. have died had that not happened. That was one of those emergent investigations that we did go out on right away. Had we not, I shudder. We actually got a thank you note from them about three months after that one, just thanking them, thanking us for saving their lives. You know, honestly, and I'm going to say this out loud, I say this on a lot of shows, is that, guys, if you get a team that wants to come out to your house and all they're interested in is proving that there's a ghost there, run. You want a team that's going to have debunkers on there and in the whole nine yards because otherwise it's a disservice to the client. You want the full package. Yeah, you, you want, want the full package. Information. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of teams out there that are just out there for the thrill, and that's what you don't want in your house. No, yeah, you, you don't. And what happens is they make that problem worse. If there is anything going on, and if it's, we screen things ahead of time, we do a preliminary interview. Mm-hmm. We make sure there's no mental health issues. If you come into a situation where somebody's got a mental health issue, you will only make it worse. You'll make them worse. Mm-hmm. You don't want to feed a delusion. If they are off their meds, they need to be on the meds first. It doesn't mean there can't be a, a paranormal problem with it, but they, you have to be responsible enough to take care of the living first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so important. And, it, and the other thing is for our safety. There have been places that have not been safe. They might have been cooking crack in the house and left their crack on the bathroom right. counter. Yes, that happened. Um, another one that might be a crack house in which they have a new infant and no food and nowhere to sit inside and you have people shooting up crap and that's one of those we give a signal hard get out now yeah but, so that's why you do preliminary interviews keep us safe yep absolutely and you know um I, I can honestly say it's a huge responsibility and i remember when we finally crossed that threshold to start doing residentials and how scared i was to do it because it's a huge huge responsibility and people don't realize it you know because you're you're dealing with people's yeah. lives when you yes. go out there and you know it's just it's just it's, it's just uh it's just the, the, the pressure believe it or not you guys is really tremendous because you do have to look at that stuff like she like like ann says you have to look at their mental states you have to look at who's to if anybody's taking drugs in the house you know what's going on in the house you're looking at everything when you get out there and there's there's ways to to evaluate that properly that we have established. We're lucky that we have the backgrounds we do to be able to, to develop the protocols that we have. Um, you know, it's just one of that the person that's mentally challenged and mentally ill having seeing all this stuff is the only one there in the house. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go forward. And I've had families thank us for just giving them that security. We're like, you know, we just wanted to be sure. We just wanted to make sure. Then you have other situations where you have multiple people that didn't know the other one was even experiencing it. You're talking to them for the first time and are now realizing that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And you're going, oh, okay. So we, we definitely need to take a look here. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. What's one of the uh, most memorable... Blah, blah, my mouth doesn't want to work. What's one of the most memorable... See what I mean? What's going on tonight? What's one of the most cases that that, that you love that, that came to your memory? What's one of the 
most what? I'm sorry. I'm glad because I, I kind of bobbled it. What's one of your most memorable cases that, that, that you've been on? Memorable in which way? I mean, well, that, something where you, like you just talked about the people with, with, with the gas leak. You know, a case and, where, where there was a big mystery going in and you, you guys were able to solve it. Um, that was an interesting one. That one, they weren't planning to light this pilot light the next day. Right. And they just put in this um, furnace down there, but they hadn't lit it, lit it yet. Had they struck a match with two, they had two, not one, but two gas leaks. And they were told everything was kept. Since they had lived in the house for so long, they didn't smell the gas that we smelled. Right, because they were used to it. They were used to it. It didn't, and we know it kind of noticed it upstairs, but it was like, huh, what's it, what is that? Is that? I don't know what that is. Then both sensitives and debunkers went down to start. I'm like, let's start with the basement. Well, let's, I went down there and went, ah, okay. We have a gas leak down here, guys. So everything's kept. Mm-hmm. And that's when the debunker went and said, you know what? Can you get me a uh, bottle of water with soap in it with a spray handle? Okay, they did. The family did. And I said, okay, spray here, spray here. When he sprayed to look for the gas leak, you could see the bubbling up of the soap. And we were able to find not one, but two gas leaks. And by that time, we had already called PG&E. They were already en route. Mm-hmm. And they were able to come down and immediately stop the leaks. Fantastic. I have a question for you. Have you ever done an investigation? This just happened to us in Woodland where... We did an investigation, and they had what what they call psychics in the family. And so, for, you know, pretty much when, when when our psychic team went out there, they they already knew what the they already thought they knew what was going on in the house. Have you have you ever run into that where where oh yeah, so and so psychic and she's been here and this is what she's seen. Oh, all the time. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of different people and different skill levels out there. Sometimes they're just total frauds and. The- of it and it's pretty easy to see when that's the case mm-hmm. um one of my big red flags for that is they're they're just going to tell the family what they want to hear right and that's one thing you will not get from me i'm going to tell you what's what's real and give you the the god's honest truth not what they want to hear so some people are not going to like me because they don't like what i'm telling them mm-hmm. and that's fine but it's i'm going to be truthful and honest with you um other people that roll through have some ability, and it is enough where they'll pick up on some some areas, but not be able to really ascertain exactly what they can't give the details because they haven't learned how to use that skill. Um, and it, sometimes it's just a matter of learning that ability. Uh, other ones, you know, it's their buddy that's been through, or sister-in-law, or the previous owners. Uh, it could be college kids. We had one with a college house, and. There was all kinds of things there. But <laughs> some of those spirits were drinkable. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, I wanted this show to be about investigation techniques, and that's what we're getting because a lot of people don't realize what we as investigators uh, come across you know, when, when we enter someone's home because it could be any number of factors going on, just like people. You know, one of the questions that we, that we ask is, have you ever used a, a Ouija board? And they'll, they'll stand there and look at you and, straight in the eye and say no we haven't and then you start looking through the closets and sure enough there's an Ouija board up there yeah no, when you're doing the prelims we always look to see and to ascertain how honest that person's being with you mm-hmm. and there's been actually 
a recent case where I knew the client wasn't being totally honest, mm -hmm. but the request was strong enough that and somebody needed help. And in the um, interview process, the actually the the ghost that needed help made herself known and mm -hmm. showed herself within mm -hmm. moments. So even though I knew there was more to the ulterior motive to that situation, um, I could see somebody needs help. And that, that was my trump card in that situation. I'm going to set my own self and, and aside mm -hmm. if somebody is frankly reaching out for help. And she was. Absolutely. Hey, you were on haunted hospitals, weren't you? Yeah, um, I suppose the haunt season four of haunted hospitals. Um, sometime in October is when it starts. I think my episode is somewhere in the middle of the of the season. I don't even know the name of it yet. I won't know all that till it actually airs. Cool. But yeah, it's been filmed. It's been in the can, and I'm just waiting to see it with the rest of you. Now you work at a hospital, but what's it like? having the, the abilities that you have and working in a hospital. That's got to be crazy. <laughs> I use it. In fact, that's some of the discussions we were having at work the last week. I use it to help people. Um, but I do it on the sly. Okay. I do it on the lowdown. Um, I will ask certain things of my patients that are pretty specific and unique. And people will go, Anna, why did you ask that? Why? Why did you ask if their dad was a World War II um, Navy veteran? Um, well, because I happened to see this particular ship, and what I saw was Pearl Harbor specifically, and he was there, so I wanted to... He had a message to get across, so I was hoping in that conversation he might have gotten that message across. Um, so it's stuff like that that I do. I've learned to be careful, mm -hmm. not to just, oh, so I had somebody wheeling in, and I could see the specific coloration for um, uh, William uh, Wallace. I saw the kilt yes. and the stance and the, and the William Wallace clan. Uh -huh. I went, oh, yeah, well, family connected to a William Wallace clan. This patient was coming in for a pain injection, sat up spun around, oh my gosh, la, 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 la. I was, oh crap, don't do that anymore. <laughs> so, um, I have learned to be more discreet. He literally had just found out that he had um, connect family, direct family connection to the William Wallace clan. Um, and he was in there to protect him. But uh, I didn't see the patient. And he, when he spun around, he was red-haired with full red haired beard and looked the part as well so um it's interesting there's another situation in which um well, i was scanning somebody on the ct table and she wasn't long for this world and i could see her sister was with her who was a nun and so i simply asked um so was your how long was your sister a nun <laughs> oh she and then she went into the story and, and we had a private moment from then on out um, about her, her sister. I said, well, just so you know, she is here with you. She goes, I thought so, but I wasn't sure. So, yeah, she is. So with nobody else around, I was able to relay that message and add, I think, great comfort to my patient at a level that I don't think anybody else could have done had they not seen her sister right there. Well, I have a hint for you if you ever want to 
<clears throat> kind of do a walkthrough of someplace without them knowing, knowing you're actually walking through, is go, go to Kaiser North and go to the Camellia building. <laughs> when my mother was there and they found out I was a ghost hunter, they had all kinds of stories, I'll tell you. The nurses. You do know I worked for Kaiser, right? Yes, that's why I said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, to walk to the Camellia building, because that's where they take all the Alzheimer's patients. You know, all the old people are over there. Yeah. So there's a lot of deaths over there. It's sad, but there's 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 like one or two rooms in particular that that have the have the major issues over there. Yeah, there's there's always a few places, that, certain rooms that the worst traumas are taken. Those tend to be the most active or intense rooms. Um, and I did have this when I worked over at Morris, where I had a lady who had recently passed. They hadn't even called us over to do any imaging on her, but she showed up an x-ray, which was nearby. And I looked behind me and saw her fumbling with the papers on the wall. And you could hear, you could mm -hmm. see and hear the papers moving. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. And I, so I brought the lady back. And so I knew her daughter was in the room trying to say goodbye to her, but she wasn't in there listening. She was... <laughs> confused and I had wandered off. Right. Um, one of the nurses saw me over there. She said, we didn't ask for you guys. I said, no, I'm just trying to bring this gal back. She uh, kind of left her body and and she knew what I did. She went, oh, put her back. Put her back. Put her back. <laughs> I was like, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so, so um, that's, yeah, that's my life. <laughs> I try to put them back before it's a problem. Right, right, right. And I'm sure hospitals must be real, like, you know, hospitals must be really active places. I mean, like I said, the only place that I've really been is, is the Camellia room for obvious reasons and uh, the Camellia section. But I'm sure the rest of the hospital is uh, pretty active, too, especially by the ER. It, it just depends on the hospital. I you know, mm -hmm. haven't worked in hospitals for over 35 years now. Um, and then as a medic for 10, um, I used it more actively as a medic and firefighter mm -hmm. because I would know, hey, do I have somebody I can still save? Um, and then do I need any special equipment? Because there's certain equipment you always bring up to a, a scene. Right. And then there's specialty equipment for certain situations. So my partners came to know, okay, and they'd ask me one thing, where are we going to eat? I want to get, I want to sit down the longest so we can eat. I, I'd be within about five minutes accurate of the next call. Um, and the other thing was, um, how much sleep are we going to get tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, pack it in. We're not getting any sleep tonight. So, um, it, it was used as kind of a pilot parlor trick, but at the same point, they knew I was so accurate. They didn't question it. And so we used it to en enhance our lives and mm -hmm. get the most rest and the most food in our bellies. And be more comfortable when we help people. Absolutely. I want to ask you about um, uh, demons because you, you do see demons as well. When you walk into an investigation and, and you know, you, you, you come in contact with a demon, what happens? What do you guys do? We do not take known demonic investigations. Okay. To be frank. Okay. Um, have I stumbled into um, them? Yes. They, they've been... Is, even our best screening efforts, they can hide mm -hmm. very well. Um, they're very sneaky like that. And we encountered an old 
one that I actually had seen before this investigation, but didn't know it was connected to the house we were going to be at. I'd seen it in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I will not repeat its name, but I made no, the don't. mistake of doing that because in front of the team, there were six people. It lifted me up off of the ground, feet dangling, and threw me into a wall. And that after that, I had a great discussion with John Zaftis, and... I then realized there are certain things that are so out there that they can't even put into movies and TV because it simply would not be believed. Um, We don't take those cases. They're just too dangerous. I'm a mom, I'm a mother, Mm -hmm. and I'm a wife with a family that I love dearly, and I'm going to keep them over an investigation that may take that away. There are other people that are equipped to handle it. There are specifically Catholic ministers who are the best equipped for that kind of case. Absolutely. I know I, I did one about two and a half, three years ago, and it followed me home, and I woke up with scratches up and down my arms the next day. Not yeah. cool. Not cool. Not cool at all. We don't take them. We don't take those investigations. I'm I'm sad. We, we just can't help everybody. We right. have to draw the line somewhere to protect ourselves and you know and you know what i found and this is uh, when we got our got our shaman on our team that's the kind of stuff that started coming towards us and the minute we did one it's like every investigation we got was like that you know it was always something dark like that and it got to the point where it just gets to be too much and you're right it's it's all about safety because i mean it may not bother you but it's going to bother your dogs or it's going to bother your 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 family members it's exactly it's not safe they will come at you in droves um i can't see them so they can't see me i leave them alone they leave me alone um and i like it that way i don't mess with them i don't encourage anybody else to do that because it doesn't end well Mm -hmm. um we are we want to be around longer to help more families that that we are able to Mm -hmm. and if we were to start taking cases like that we would not be continuing on in the field at all we would end up stop we would stop again and stop permanently now here's a question i have with all the tv shows because not all of them but i would say the majority of the tv shows everything you know it's, it's not exciting unless it's something dark you know a demon or something in the house have you found that in, for a while there, for the longest time, even, we've been, we were getting calls where people were bound and determined that it was a demon in their house. They just wanted us to come out and do a cleansing. Well, then I would refer them to whichever religious preference they have. That's what they want is a cleansing. Yeah. Because I would sit there and try to say, well, we just can't go out and do a, clen- a cleansing because we don't know what we're dealing with. I mean, the, the only scenario where we would do that with Dave being Native American and being right. a shaman, if they specifically wanted a Native American cleansing, and we have had this request and honored it actually fairly recently, mm-hmm. um, they just wanted a Native American cleansing specifically. And Dave is uh, bound and obligated to honor that request by his tribe. When it comes, when a request like that comes through, mm-hmm. he's bound by it. Um, we cannot charge. Uh, he only can accept uh, donations or trade, like goods that he would use for another house blessing or something to benefit somebody else's investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the rules of his tribe. That's why I do not charge mm-hmm. for any readings or anything that I do. It goes to benefit feral cats, and that's the Alley Cat Foundation that we developed 
so the feral cats in our neighborhood are are well taken care of and it also has benefited other animals and other animal organizations depending on the the type of situation but mm-hmm. that's how i work and and i'm that's how dave works so he's my husband i'm going to honor his tribe right his rocky boy tribe absolutely now tell everybody why why do you like doing this i mean you know people wonder why why you like put yourself through this stuff i love helping people that's why i started health coaching and helping people live longer i love helping people and if it's helping the departed find peace and the family that's been concerned about them finally have some peace then um that by all means uh, more importantly and this ties in with the why i went on hard hospitals mm-hmm. is kids and families i screen the kids and see what abilities they have they may be nonverbal. i just ask in my head certain questions and watch the child bring the objects I've asked them to bring and help facilitate a communication between their, the, the child and the family so they aren't um, shut out and mm-hmm. isolated as teenagers when they need the most help, when they have real life problems, when they might be pregnant and, and are too scared to talk to mom mm-hmm. because they're already, they already know anything that's scary scares mom because they learned that as a kid. Um, not that that was ever my situation, but that's just a scenario. If you start building that fear and that lack of trust and lack of communication as a child, because you can't share that you're seeing these, um, invisible man in your room that nobody else can see, but you can see him very clearly. And it scares your parents. Guess what? Anything else that you think might scare the parents, you're not going to go to them with. Mm -hmm. So. I work to break that at an early age and give them a bit of support and an avenue to ask questions. So as the child grows up, there's many families that we have been in contact with um, over 10 and 20 years because of their kids as they've grown. And every five to 10 years, I get a call. All right, we're at this age now because there's there's certain ages that are definitely more active. Mm -hmm. Ages of puberty, ages of certain adolescence. Boys are different than girls. Um, and I stay in touch with them and, and help them. And that's my passion. That's that's why I do this. Absolutely. And it's always a joy having you on. It's always fun. Aw. It's like a walk down <laughs> memory lane. And I am going to, because I'm in the uh, process of redoing my website, so I am going to be putting some of that stuff, like from... Um, Hotel Leger on there. Okay. You know, and I'll share it with you when, you know, when I start setting it up so you can have some of it too. That would be fantastic. You know, I would stuff. love to yeah. share it uh, to the people that um, frequent our site as well. Yeah. One of my most favorite quotes was Dave when Sabrina was, uh, was channeling the hookers. <laughs> Dave is so deadpan. It's just like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like, when you do your thing, it's like a nothing to Dave. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Sabrina starts talking and he goes, oh, you're channeling a hooker. So how, how much are you charging? And that was it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know? So it's We've stuff been like back that. there several times. Um, I, that's, my camera was broken there. That's I, right. When it, when it, when it uh, picked up the camera and threw it. Yeah. 
my best camera too, and it's it's never been right to this day. I have to hold it together to get it to uh, work. Yeah, that thing did not like you, whatever it was. Uh, Mr. Legere was not happy with me because I I was uh, chatting with his wife. Remember when he walked towards us? Yep, I yeah. heard him. Stopped he right in front of me, and I laughed, and I said, I got no beef with you, and that's when he went over and grabbed your camera. Yep, <laughs> yeah. I I disrespected. I didn't mean to disrespect, but in that case, I disrespected. He let me know it. He was mad. I mean, like when I was in the hallway by myself that, you know, with the camera. And I picked him yeah. up coming down the hallway. He was furious. Yeah, he, he definitely was very and then, irate. Then, then I didn't want to disturb you guys down, down at the other end. And I'm like, guys, there's somebody out here with me. I don't know who it is, but it's pissed off, whatever it is. Well, next time, just wait till you have somebody with you so <laughs> don't go in alone. <laughs> well, I didn't realize I was sitting in his chair in the hallway. Uh -huh. So that didn't help it. But I could see the camera blur up, and I could see it. At the end of the hallway, it got blurry, and I thought, okay, that's fine. There's nothing down there. And then it kept coming forward, and I, and I could follow the blur. And then it got cold, and I was like, and you guys yeah. were down around the corner somewhere, and I'm thinking, guys, there's someone out here with me. Guys, you know. <laughs> well, we also have a new rule of never being alone. Yeah. Uh, we always travel in pairs when we're in investigations. Part of that's me because I tend to walk into walls. I walk where place things used to be rather than where they are now. Um, Waverly Hills was a good example when I went to walk the x-ray maze, but I walked it how it was. Bam! Right into the wall. Um, the owner of that thought that was quite hysterical because the wall used to be there. It is always an adventure investigating with you. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah or you lose your temper. I've seen you do that too with with, with ghosts, like the time the um the ghost knocked the recorder out of your hand. Oh. I think that was <laughs> I own. Yeah. And it's so funny because she gets mad. <laughs> hey, I'm human. Don't mess with me. That's not okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it happens. It just because they are deceased doesn't mean they are, don't have a personality or a sense of humor, for that matter. I had that happen. I was in old Sacramento when I was doing a story on the bats. Because there's bats at, that, in the, in the real hot summer days, that get born and they hang out under the um, overpass of the freeway. Yeah, under the bridge. Yeah. And so they had me up on a cherry picker. I was covering the story. And I had my recorder out. And I had a good grip on it. Something flicked it out of my hand. Oh. And I thought of you. But mine went down about 30 feet. <laughs> you know what I was like? I was cousin like you. Wow. Yeah. But something definitely, in fact, the guy that was standing there goes, isn't that funny? It looked like it was hit from the front. I said, you know, yeah, there's, there's someone under here. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. That, that's quite a ways to fall. Yeah. How about that, Allie? Yeah. How am I still out here in the dark? Because I'm happy out here in the dark. Ghost Hunter's doing it. No, I'm not going to say that. Uh, ah. I'll be right in for your show with you. Anyway, I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, that's all good. Yeah. It's all part of the game, right? Like one day you go yeah. out, your equipment works great. Like the one that, what was it, the opera house we had the press with us couldn't get anything to work. 
Yeah. Nothing. You know, these people. Quite a few times over at Armstrong Algae. Yeah. To suck the power out there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Went to the next location the next night, no problems. You know, but that's just how it is. You never know. And you have a lot of strong energy, and so do I. And so when when Anna and I tend to get together, weird things happen. Well, and I enhance people too. So if yeah. you have something going on, whatever gifts you have, like I'm like a little megaphone amplifier. Yes, yes, you are. And I always warn um, new sensitives and psychics and mediums. I warn them about that phenomena yeah. with me because it can scare them if they don't know that that's going to happen. Yep, yep. Well, we got to go over stuff because we did some good work together, and we never really, you know. Over the years, it's gotten, like, pushed back. You know what I mean? So we need to get back in over that stuff. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go and uh, say hi to Allie for me and Dave, and uh, we'll get you back on here, all right? All right. Sounds good, Charlie. We'll okay, talk and to talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, all right, guys. Yeah, I've known her for, as you can gather, I've known her for a long, long time. In fact, I can honestly say that, that. David and Ann were my mentors before I really got involved in this. In fact, the reason why I got involved in this was because I was, um, I kind of had a TV show called California Adventure before they had the thing at Disneyland so I couldn't get sued. And so I thought, I, I saw an article that they had done in the Sacramento Bee and I thought, well, would it be a hoot to go out with the paranormal group? And it went off from there. So, yeah, and that was a long, long time ago. Anyway, tomorrow, I will not be here. I'm taking the night off. But another one of our investigators from my team, and she was on with David Ann for a while, Karen Clark, is going to be on, and she's going to be talking about what we're going to be talking um, Another psychic's coming on, which, which is Karen Clark tomorrow. But she's going to be talking about something completely different, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's why you got to listen, okay? But that's going to be over on YouTube, all right? I've got the, I have the teaser up on Facebook already. I will move it up and get you guys, get it sent out to you guys. To check it out but uh i might be on the chat tomorrow we'll see but i've got stuff to do tomorrow night so i'm just gonna do my thing okay but i, th I think you'll enjoy that show as well i want to thank everybody for coming tonight i really appreciate all of you as you can see we're making changes to our formatting uh you know as far as like our backdrop and there's some other stuff that i'm making changes to and uh, i just got the spot ready for the website to start putting that in so we're going to get that updated uh, the team is going to start getting out doing some investigations. We're going to get some training in with everybody because we have all that really cool equipment now. And uh, so everybody has to learn how to use it. So we're going to get some training in. We're going to start doing some investigations. And some of them will be live, you know, where we get permission, of course. So we'll, we might be doing some live stuff and all kinds of things. And then with October coming, Nancy and I are planning some pretty uh, one or two cool events. And I'm going to be getting some updates on that as well. But I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. And the old spiel is, I forgot to get Ann's website, and I believe it's BenderParanormal.com. I, I apologize for that, Ann. Um, so to check them out and just to just dial in uh, BenderParanormal.com. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, in fact, let me check that out to verify it. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to say it wrong. So let's just do that. It's, I think it's Bender Paranormal. So let me look it up real quick here. But uh, in the meantime, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you despise the show, share it with five of your enemies. Uh, we're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. I even spelled it wrong. Jeez. It's been one of those nights, right? Let's see. Yeah, there we go. Paranormal. 
Hang on one second, you guys. I want to make sure I get it out right because I forgot to ask her. Yeah, it's BenderParanormal.com if you want to check them out. Um, again, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. Uh, we are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Uh, again, if, you're, if you watch from Facebook and you like the show, hit that like button and that follow button. If you uh, watch it from YouTube, uh, hit the little ghosty guy. No, just click on the little ghosty guy so you can subscribe because we are at uh, more than 450 videos over there. And this is a milestone because this is season three, episode one. So I'm really excited about that. Again, tomorrow, Karen Clark will be here. Uh, it's, uh, like I said, it, 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 it's a taped thing and it will start at 630 this time. And uh, hopefully you uh, will enjoy that one as well. We've got a full uh, a full packed week. Harry um, Harry A. Millman is with us on Wednesday, and that is the gentleman who did the forensics uh, book on on Elvis and, and some other celebrities. He has a book two that he's written, and so he's going to be back with us on Wednesday night. And then we've got a special guest on Thursday who's going to be talking about her communication with the Divine Council. So it's going to be really cool, Chrissy Whitman. Anyway, I will see you maybe tomorrow. I might be on the chat, but otherwise, I will see you Wednesday evening. Okay? All right, guys. Have a good one. Oh, I almost forgot to push my button, didn't I? See, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye.